0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups, where I look at hockey history from the 1800s up until about the 1970s. If you want to support the podcast, you can. For $3 a month, just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, From John to Justin and Canadian History X, available on all podcast platforms. Few things have shaken up the hockey world more than the NHL losing one of its biggest stars, Bobby Hull, to a rival league. Such a thing was thought to be impossible. The NHL carried more prestige and power, and hockey players across Canada dreamed of making the league and becoming a star. As unthinkable as it was, that is exactly what happened when Bobby Hull, the Golden Jet, left the Chicago Blackhawks to play in a new league that had not yet even played a single season. First, A bit about Bobby Hull. Debuting in the NHL in 1957-58 with the Chicago Blackhawks, Hull quickly emerged as one of the best players in the league on a team that included players such as Stan Makeda and Glenn Hall. From 1957-58 to 1971-72, Bobby Hull played 1,054 games, recording 608 goals and 555 assists for 1,163 points. In the process of recording those amazing numbers, he also won the Stanley Cup in 1961, the Art Ross in 1960, 1962, and 1966, and the Hart Trophy in 1965 and 1966, along with the Lady Bing in 1966 and two All-Star Game MVP awards in 1970 and 1971. Other than losing Bobby Orr, the NHL could not have thought of a more shocking situation than losing Hull to the WHA. At the time, Hull was unhappy with his poor salary with the Blackhawks, despite being one of the biggest stars in the league. The World Hockey Association was ready to launch, and it put pressure on the professional stranglehold held by the NHL, and they needed someone of huge star power. That person was Bobby Hull. At the time, Hull believed that he could get $250,000 a year for five years from the Blackhawks. At the time, he was making $90,000 a year, and he was feeling underappreciated. One story of how he felt underappreciated was when at training camp when the owners of the Blackhawks wouldn't allow his two young sons to skate on the practice ice. He left training camp after three days because of it. In addition, since he was only 32, he still had several good hockey years ahead and he was devoted to the only team he had ever played for. When the Winnipeg Jets of the WHA came to Hull asking him to join the team in 1972, He joked that he would do it for a $1 million signing bonus, the same amount that he hoped to get from the Hawks. Hall said it as a joke since it was a sum of money beyond anything a hockey player had made before, especially as a signing bonus. For the Jets owner, Ben Hatskin, he saw bringing Hall over to the league as a great way to immediately lend legitimacy to the league and to put the NHL on notice. Hatskin then gathered the other owners in the league and asked them to contribute the one million dollars so that they could nab Hull. Once he had the money, Hatskin signed Hull as a player-coach to a contract worth 1.75 million over ten seasons, including an immense one million-dollar signing bonus. At first, Hull thought it was a joke, like the joke he had made to them, and he said, quote, "I pretended to go along with it just to scare Chicago." Then my agent said, "Bobby." these guys are serious. Chicago had thought Hull was bluffing, but they soon saw that it was very real when Hull signed the contract. Hull would say, if I told you that the big contract had nothing to do with my signing, I'd be lying. It made the future secure for my family. Then there were some things that disenchanted me in the NHL and the way the Hawks handled their attempts to sign me. They just didn't think I'd consider jumping. In Chicago, there was anger at the Blackhawks for not keeping their superstar. Bob Verdi. the sports writer at the Chicago Tribune, wrote on June 28, 1972, quote, He is the star of stars, yet he can be one of the guys. He is consistently badgered for this or that, yet he always has time to oblige a youngster's autograph pad. While his famous slap shot is a terrifying 115 miles per hour, the man behind it can almost be gentle, An excellent conversationalist, a jokester, just a nice fellow who carries his fame as aptly as he jettisons the puck. The big event was held in a huge press conference held at the intersection of Portage and Main in Winnipeg. At the event, a giant $1 million check for his signing bonus was presented to Hull. The NHL would file litigation over the signing of Hull, which delayed his debut with the Winnipeg Jets. The move of Hull to the WHA also changed the face of the NHL. Now teams were forced to deal with the fact that they needed to pay their players more to keep them from moving over to the WHA. In response to the Hull moving, the NHL would not allow Hull to participate in the 1972 Summit Series, nor any other WHA players. When he finally joined the league, he took it by storm. In 1972-73, he played 63 games with the Jets, recording 103 points, but that wouldn't even be his biggest year.
1: Bobby Hull was back in Chicago trying for goal number 50. Hull didn't do much in the first period. When the puck went through his legs, Reggie Fleming gained control for Chicago and set up Dick Procivia to make it 1-0 Cougars after the first 20 minutes. The Jets, winners of the WHA's Western Division for Coach Hull, tied the game on Cal Swenson's goal seven minutes into the second period. The Jets then enjoyed a man advantage, Chris Bordelow and Norbo Dean assisting Hull to the 50-goal plateau. Hull beat Andre Gill with a rebound. It marked the sixth time in his career he has gone over 50 goals. It also gave the Hull, Bordelow and Bodine line 100 or more points apiece. The Jets, who outshot Chicago 22-7 in the second period, got their third goal when Danny Johnson scored at the 18.35 mark. The period ended with Winnipeg leading 3 to 1. The Cougars rallied at the 49-second mark of the final period. Defenseman Larry Kahan getting his first goal this season to cut Winnipeg's lead to 3 to 2. Chicago tied it when Rick Morris got loose on a breakaway. The assist pass from Rosie Paymont. It was goal number 31 for Morris and sent the game into overtime. The extra period went just 55 seconds. Hull's first shot was stopped, but he got his 51st goal on the rebound. After missing 14 games because of a legal hassle with the NHL, Hull had done it again before the old home crowd in Chicago. Winnipeg a winner, 4-3.
0: In 1974-75, he had 142 points in 78 games and 123 points in 80 games the following season. In 1977-78, he had 117 points in 77 games, and in that 1974-75 season, his 77 goals set a new professional hockey record, one more goal than the NHL record set by Phil Esposito in 1970-71. His goal record would not be surpassed until Wayne Gretzky scored 92 goals in 1981-82. Even today, his 77 goals remain the fifth-highest professional hockey goal total behind only Wayne Gretzky, his son, Brett Hull, and Mario Lemieux. The move to Winnipeg was not always easy for Hull, who would develop ulcers in response to the stress of playing several games on consecutive nights under conditions considered poor compared to the NHL. In addition, the WHA was always in danger of folding, and teams were constantly relocating. By joining the Jets in the WHA, Hull helped increase his profile in Canada even more, In 1975, he would be the official opener of the Calgary Stampede along with Premier Peter Lougheed. In 1976 77, the players in the WHA were allowed to compete in the 1976 Canada Cup. In that series, he was the top scoring forward for Canada with eight points in seven games, and he was considered the best player of the series next to Bobby Orr, who had nine points in seven games.
1: Here's Schmier winding up for the shot wide. Rejan Houle, Bobby Hull. <laughs> Go. Now McKenzie again. Left side for Bobby Howell. Getting set. Shooting. Oh, and he went wide. Blistering drive from number 16 Hull. Graebel the Bobby Hall again scores! Just a great pass to Hall cutting him to behind the face and look again where he put it you got Chick coming out down but he clocked it into the top left hand corner there it is from the face-off, car breaks in across the hall. Hapley! They're going crazy in Vancouver, and I'm sure across the country too.
0: Over the course of his WHA career, Hull had 303 goals and 335 assists for 638 points, and only. 411 games. In the process he was named to the WHA first all-star team in 1973, 1974 and 1975 and the second all-star team in 1976 and 1978. He also won the WHA most valuable player award in 1973 and 1975 and led the Jets to the Avco Cup in 1976, 1978 and 1979.
2: The Jets are so popular in this town, and, and people, and and you have helped to make them that popular, and you have helped a lot of people say there would be no WHA if you hadn't jumped from the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you, do you agree with that? No, uh, I don't. I don't really agree with that. There were a lot of uh, people at uh, that time, five years ago, that were very interested and in, instrumental in uh, in making the WHA work. Uh, uh, of course, the fellow that. Um, really uh, caused me to defect was ben hatskin who uh i census. thought defect was an ugly word you just that's what you did <laughs> well i guess they called it defect i don't know uh every time i go back to chicago they they claim that i have defected i don't really know what it was i think it was uh, uh really a, a move that i had to make because they forced it but but anyhow ben hatskin i i really like benny right from the beginning and uh Everyone in Winnipeg pretty well knows Ben, and uh, he was a, the reason that I was able to to come to Winnipeg. and Have you ever Have you ever at all regretted? There were there were times when it got pretty tough the first two years. It was uh, it was rather demanding, and uh, I think more than anything, the the court litigation kind of got me down. I didn't think anything could really bother me mentally like that, but I sat in so many courtrooms and uh, uh, felt that. Uh, the judicial system uh, was the backbone of our our nation uh, so to speak and uh, saw those lawyers stand up there in front of the judge and just bald-faced lie right through their teeth to him, and it kind of got to me that way uh and all the all the waiting and waiting and and hoping that i was able to play it kind of got to me and i was run down after those first two years, I kind of run down a little bit. Physically? And physically and mentally. And I guess I've regained uh, most of that back now.
0: By the time the league folded and four teams joined the NHL, he ranked second in WHA history in goals, sixth in assists, and third in points. In joining the NHL, he would play 18 games in the 1979-80 season before he was traded to the Hartford Whalers, where he played with Gordie Howe, a player he grew up idolizing. Hull's 1,018 goals in the NHL and WHA rank third all-time behind only Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe, who have 1,109 and 1,071 goals respectively. After the merger, Hull ended his playing career in 1979-80, with that season split between the Winnipeg Jets and the Hartford Whalers. In 1983, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame In 1988, the Winnipeg Jets retired Hull's number, and he was inducted into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame in 1989. In 1997, he was inducted into the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame, and in 2016, he was inducted into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. The irony is that it was the Winnipeg Jets who opened up the wallets of the NHL owners with their deal for Hull. A quarter century later, the Jets would be forced to move the team to Phoenix because they could no longer keep up, with the increasing salaries of the NHL. Thankfully, that team would return thanks to a relocation for Atlanta nearly two decades later. The move to Winnipeg also had another large impact on the NHL. With Ulf Nilsson and Anders Hedberg joining the Jets and playing on a line with Hull, the Jets developed a more European hockey focus. One person who saw that style and liked it was Glenn Sather. Sather would use the style of the Jets to help the Edmonton Oilers win five Stanley Cups between 1984 and 1990. In the years since his retirement, while Hull has been celebrated as a man who never refused to give an autograph, allegations of physical abuse of his wives have come to light, including some truly scary experiences. There was also the unfortunate incident when he seemed to praise Hitler and genetic breeding. While his on-ice accomplishments should be celebrated, we can't forget the off-ice issues because no amount of skill as an athlete gives a pass to terrible behavior as a human being. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Bobby Hall moving to the WHA. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to Patreon.com CanadaEHX. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Diane Wade. Lori Ann Kirby. Gary Dolovich. Nick Zinri. Pamela Elder. Shannon Marshall. Clinton Martinez. Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G, B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for berdo 37